0: You sound insane. Do you realize that? Oh, yeah. The whole world got crazy. it's
1: It's showtime. Prepare to be twisted, because it's an M Night Shyamalan day on the Bad About Movies mm. podcast, and there are twists abound all around every corner you look. Things are twisting. Let me assure you. I'm I
2: it was interesting in this one that the twist was that he plays every character. Was not expecting <laughs> that at all. It just came out of nowhere. You
1: expected him to be in the movie, just not in every yeah, single character. Yeah, yeah.
2: Maybe like two or three different characters. We call that like Woody Harrelson. Yeah, we but, call that
1: yeah. Harrelsoning nowadays. Right. Ever yeah, since he pulled the, yeah,
2: pulled the Woody. Uh, no, I just didn't. I really didn't think he was going to be playing every... It's, it's pretty amazing acting, to be honest.
1: And so, speaking of twists, we're going to find out at the end of the show, Richard is actually a gerbil. Uh, he's been a gerbil this entire time. Joke's on you. That's the twist. We've been doing just Brian and I and a gerbil this, this entire
2: really time. not a hamster, though, right? That's no. Way <laughs> uh,
1: here's the real joke. No one was listening to this. This was the twist.
2: We've <laughs> just been, just been it's wasting just hours been and hours yeah. of our lives. You at
1: home, by yourself. Just yeah. you. Um. Well, good times tonight. Another Shyamalan movie. I think this is the second time I've convinced y'all to be on the show to talk one of his well, movies. Well, that's actually that's not true, Kent. It's the third oh, time you yeah.
0: convinced us to. Oh say, yeah,
1: um, I didn't pursue, see, but then, but then you Earth. didn't see After was, Earth, and we didn't do an episode. But we, Brian and I, still saw it. So It was in another country death. at the time, so I did have an excuse. It was not <laughs> it was like was, I was permanently one of your
2: greatest tricks, to be honest.
1: <laughs> it was a convenient <laughs> trick. I'll say that it was. It was. Um... No, I did I did not see I did see it after the fact, though. Um,
2: not great movie or none. greatest
1: movie? <laughs> <laughs> um, it's in the bottom percent of Shagalan, for sure. Okay, well, so <laughs> and that's you saying great? something. That,
2: okay. uh, so Kate Garrison tell says where... after the oh, no, movie.
1: Oh, F minus, minus, <laughs> minus on the Kate Garrison scale. We'll put you down for great, because he had two no. choices. Great or greatest? Yeah, I'll put it yeah. down for great. So yep, Kit Garrison, great movie. <laughs> All right, good job. After, <laughs> if I have two choices. Um. Yep. So that being said, I think the the visit was the last time we did this, and mm-hmm. remember, Brian was a a huge fan of the visit.
2: <laughs> False.
1: And put it in. The, it was number three that year, I think, for you in the uh, <laughs> top ten.
2: Number three of movies that made me cry. Yeah, sure.
1: <laughs> exactly. No. Hey,
0: hold on. I got my review of The Visit real quick, but you got to first off, Brian. Yeah. Lay down that
1: beat. Oh, gosh. I oh, forgot no. about the rap part. That's oh, the worst man. part of it. That ruins it, actually. And now that well. I think back of it. <laughs> well. That 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 is the nail in the coffin of The Visit, is the rapping at, uh, throughout. Gosh, I don't need rapping so with my much. horror movies, guys. I don't need no. it. Anyway, um. So, this, in similar fashion, Shyamalan back to his old schoolness, I guess, his Shyamalan-ness, If that's a, we can make a verb out of that, or a descriptor. Sure. A, I think a, a it's Shyamalan a ding dong. Yeah. <laughs> Shyamalan ding dong. There you go. Um. He's kind of. It, this isn't a blockbuster by any means, or trying to be one. And like the Last Airbender or After Earth, we're trying to be. So I forgot about the last airbender. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 And, um, not nearly the star power of something like signs or the sixth sense. Mm-hmm. So, um, an interesting timeout, I guess a low budget timeout for Shyamalan this time around. <clears throat> and, uh, kind of a big budget return as far as the box office is concerned with this one. Yeah, big Surprise problem. sleeper hit in middle of January, kind of just throw it out there and see what happens. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, been doing well beat a dog's purpose no thanks to a very <laughs> clever marketing campaign by somebody at tmz for a dog. i don't even want to comment on that other than that but um yeah dog's purpose did not go over well this past week weekend two a couple well, however uh probably the worst thing that could happen to them but anywho split still reigning strong two three mm-hmm. weeks in a row now probably a third And, um, yeah,
2: I don't know what kind of competition it's got this week, not much. So, wouldn't surprise me to see it get three weeks in a row.
1: So, yeah, that brings it to the topic of conversation this evening on the show. But nonetheless, a lot of movie news, rumors, rumblings in the house, in the house to talk about. Yo, I guess there's one that's most pressing. Um, and that's the passing of an American treasure. That's always top of the news, Mary Tyler Moore. Mm-hmm. Uh, goodness gracious, we loved you, America's sweetheart. We'll miss you dearly. It's really all I can say. Um, was great, American treasure. I mean, if you're mm-hmm. if you're in the hall of the American, I say this seriously. Um, we really loved you, looked up to you, and um, you'll be missed. You know, that's all I could say. Yeah. So, um, grew up watching her show. She was a treasure, and You know, anytime we have to say that on the show, that sucks. So I don't know if you have any thoughts on that, but that's it.
2: No, just I mean, she's been out of the limelight for so long that I I wonder if maybe some of our our since so much of our audience is made up of of people who are uh, even younger than us, like may not quite understand how how influential and how great she was and um then that's kind of a bummer I, so whenever something like this happens and you you know we lose an American treasure who is um, you know such an icon and, and whatnot you hope that if nothing that you know not that we're looking for great things to come out of somebody dying but hopefully you take that opportunity and maybe like some of the younger listeners and and would be viewers and whatnot go back and and read some of the pieces that have been written about her this last week and, and maybe watch some of the shows and just kind of get a get a taste for how uh, significant she was, how significant her show was, and just her kind of like omnipresent um, yeah. presence, I guess, over you know the the last. I don't know 50 years of television 60 years of television. it's a, she's such a huge influence and such a huge part of what made um tv what it is today and and paved the way for a lot of uh of really great uh women to come along and work in in the industry as a whole so I, I hope that that people are not taking this for for granted so to speak and, and are acknowledging uh what a huge loss she is and what a huge uh, impact she had on the culture
1: yeah Richard anything
0: yeah, an enormous, uh, uh, you know, a big loss and a great life and great career and, and yeah. an important career. I mean, more than even some other American treasures uh, that we have lo- had and lost, I think uh, a real inspiration to generations of women and men. Um, and that show's so good. Um, it gave us, you know, created by James L. Brooks. And so you guys know I love James L. Brooks and uh, and and. Uh, some really, really great characters. And I heard a great quote on it, Brian. You, I think i probably was on the Kornheiser thing where it was like, or maybe it was somewhere else. I don't know where it was like, um, it made it a show, um, that, that women could, could have everything. And then it was also a show that about men that told you that everything wasn't everything. Right. I mean, it was, sure. it was, um, it was a really honest and, 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 uh, real show in so many ways. And, uh, and then, uh, it, and in addition to that, the Mary Tyler Moore show, um, and other come she did the Dick Van Dyke show, show as well, but also, uh, had a pretty solid, uh, film career mm-hmm. with ordinary people and things like that. Um, some pretty great performances. She wasn't, uh, like a Carol Burnett type who created her own comedy. Uh, you, you know, what we kind of, um, you know, she was an actress, American treasure she was an actress. Carol
1: Burdett, by the way.
0: Yeah. She was mm-hmm. a great actress. And, um, and a lot of times when you have your name on the show, people assume that you're like this incredible comic, uh, mind, but she wasn't that, but she was an incredible actress and an incredible force and great producer and things like that. And, and, uh, look, she probably wasn't her, her best work wasn't in front of her or anything like that. It's not, um tragic in that sense but it's sad and it's it's a loss mm. for the culture but like you said Brian there's there's uh there's good to come of it because there will be people um like we've seen as we had much experience with last year uh that will come upon her work and her influence uh because of her death which you wish it would come in under under other circumstances but uh but however it comes it comes
1: Yeah absolutely I've already gone back and watched some Dick Van Dyke and Mary Tyler Moore episodes and clips and things it's greatness timeless comedy and if anything yeah we recommend go back and watch that stuff um yeah. so brings us to some more news we've kind of skipped over in the past couple weeks or we haven't had a chance to talk about is that uh star wars title revealed the last jedi mm-hmm. um cool and it's uh the Mar- star wars yeah, episode 8 the Tower Moore show right that's what it is <laughs> <laughs> it should be uh, I would dedicate the movie to her if I was Ryan Johnson. Just you know, shout out, shouts out. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. It's um, I'm sure Carrie Fisher will have a dedication involved somewhere uh in, in the Last Jedi. But having said that, it's the official title, and that's fine. Sure, sounds great. Yeah. Star Wars: The Last yeah. Jedi. You know, rings off the tongue. That's all you really ask. It can't be the Phantom Menace because that makes that means nothing. Um, this is is great. I love it um high hopes
2: sure yeah yeah it's a great <laughs> title it is no it's a great title not and to it, say that because
1: we've done an hour podcast on a trailer before for star right. Wars. you know what i mean but right. uh yeah it's a kind of a it's a it's a solid triple if if you're on the baseball mm-hmm. it's not a home run but it's tr- it's a solid triple as right. far as it's it, not well, attack of the clones yeah. so
2: you know you avoided that that's good right. uh yeah, I think it's strong and I'm I'm excited we should begin a trailer before too long and I'm sure we'll Kent and I at least will uh we'll sit down and break that down. Like we do because we're giant nerds. So there'll be plenty of time to discuss this movie long before it actually uh comes out this this winter.
1: Absolutely. And um I think that's kind of all as far as stuff that we've haven't mentioned that's been hanging over our heads. Well Oscar noms. You wanna to talk to Oscar yeah. Noms? Sure. Anything Kind of snubs, first of all. Amy Adams, that's the biggest one, I guess. Best actress. Big time. Big time Um, for me. Yeah.
2: It's, you know, it's not just that she did not get nominated for Best Actress. That's, you know, look, it is it is what it is. There's only five slots. There's always lots of performances that are valuable. All that sort of stuff. Totally. Whatever. The problem is, I think Arrival got eight nominations. uh Something like that. Like, it got a ton of nominations all across the board. And... Uh, the what holds that movie together is Amy Adams. So I don't understand the, uh, I guess I just don't understand the logic behind this movie's great. All these parts are great. Eh, the main actress is not that good. We got to give Meryl Streep a 400th nomination. That's, that's, is it? To me, that's the only, that's the only snub that I, that got me kind of hot under the collar. It just seemed like such an egregious and weird Meryl decision Streep. to make.
1: And that, I don't know, that that movie is, I've, I don't know. It's it's so awesome. She's fine. She's it's fine. Like it's
2: it's fine. She's fine. But it's just it's <laughs> is so it? tired. Is she? It's I thought that movie was I a said, solid B minus, you know, or B plus. Sure. It's fine. It's it's a fine movie. There's if nothing wrong should, with it. Like, it's an
1: Street airplane movie. Her.
2: Yeah, seriously. Uh, yeah, Hugh Grant is better than her. Even Simon Helberg is probably better than her in that movie. It's it's fine. It just like <laughs> It's just tiring, wait, isn't wait, it? I'm tired of this every every time? She literally, how did she not get a nomination for Ricky and The Flash? You know, like, it's just every freaking time she puts out a movie, she gets oh, a nomination. I mean, if you
0: would read just, my blog, you would know I'm pretty passionate about the fact <laughs> Wow, I was voted your
1: number one of that year. 30,000 words for nothing. Right, like, okay, exactly. Cool. Me
2: and my friends it's like basically a thesis, but, you know.
1: At this point, they need to just name it the Meryl Streep Award and move on you know just like we well, and, or give her the lifetime achievement award and that's it you know it,
2: just, and if she, look if she does something like i don't know uh what was the last one the queen <sighs> Not that no one. That, that was, was
1: helen S- Mirren. Oh, uh, what doubt what was the, okay she's it was she's uh, very uh, Julia? Doubt, doubt
2: is a, yeah doubt is doubt's one of those forms are like she's great this movie is not enjoyable at all, but it is very good. Like, okay, we can we can go there, but do we really need to give her an Oscar nomination for Julia and Julia or <laughs> August Osage <laughs> County or
0: she was Into in the Woods when she's Prada. singing and she, she can't? Did she sing? win for? Like, did she win for Iron Lady? She was great she made, in that. That's that what you're that's thinking. That's what I'm thinking. Of. Of. That would yeah. make that makes me of. angry,
1: Margaret Thatcher,
2: because yeah, that's that was Viola Davis's year, and somehow Meryl Streep came away. I don't know. It just I'm just kind of tired of it. If if there's not a fifth. Uh, worthy candidate then fine it's it, I don't care or if she's doing something that actually has some real pull to it I, okay great but I don't know I'd, I'd be fine if she was in and someone else was out but Amy Adams got the spot you know so it's it is it is what it is
1: yeah that's I see I don't think that was one. a
0: very strong Amy Adams performance the more I oh, think man. about it watch it I just think it was she was great and she carried the movie but I don't know I just think there was that mo- that was a pretty strong female part that I think a lot of actresses could have done. And I like Amy Adams. I'm not crapping on her there, but it's it's It's, yes, when you put in the fact that it got nominated for everything else, and when you put in the fact that Meryl Streep got it from absolutely. But in a vacuum, there's been way bigger snubs in my opinion.
2: Yeah, I would agree with that. I think, I actually think what makes that performance so good beyond just that Amy Adams is a great actress is I don't, it's not that a lot of women couldn't pull that roll off it's that a lot of women would not get that role like I think that's a male role in most bl- bigger movies like that like that like that role gets written for Jeremy Renner instead of the other way around in most God, it was, and so yeah. yeah yeah and so seeing her like kind of in a, in a spot where uh, you just kind of expect that to go a different direction and then you know that's doubling right. that with how good she is I think that was worth the attention um, but you know Hey, Meryl Streep played a person from the twenties. So,
1: <laughs> it's all <laughs> the Academy, man. You gotta think.
2: Whip. Gosh,
1: you gotta think, man. It is. It's just them. But I mean, it's a moot point anyway because it's not like Amy Adams would have beaten Emma Stone or Natalie Portman. Yeah, that's true. So that's true. it's going to come down to them too. Mm-hmm. And I'm calling it now. I think Natalie Portman is going to upset Emma Stone Whoa. for her best actress. I just kind of fed that feeling. I don't know biopics, the Academy, Natalie Portman, kind of, yeah, but yeah, good track record, yeah. I think I think yeah, Natalie Portman, watch out, um, it's gonna be her taking that one. Um, best Picture, I don't think any snubs really. Arrival got nominated, so yeah. and that and probably well, the Sausage Party, nice, according to my uh, list.
0: Now you see me too, right?
1: <laughs> uh, now you see me too. Um, no, no Oscar noms. Not even for best cinematography, which is a big snub in my opinion.
0: <laughs> <clears throat> don't forget, like it's like, uh, I'm going to butcher it. Mahasala Ali. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. That's a great performance. But did you play two characters? You know what I mean. It's just <laughs> like, like how how hard is it? He to had play to do one? twice the work. But twice yeah, the war. one another when another supporting actor and they're so distinct and they're, they're brothers that are rivals and are on the different side of a con, but you can feel the love there. And the fact that that was one actor,
2: It's like, how do you compete with that, you know? Right. And you got to make one of them just like a regular everyday pervert. And the other one is like really (laughs) over the line pervert. Yeah. One of them just says
0: kind of sexually aggressive things to all women he comes in contact with. (laughs) Right. And the other one really ramps it up. And it's like.
2: Yeah. One of them is in China for a different reason. Let's say. Let's just like he's not allowed back in the country. It's pretty clear.
0: And one of them has a hat. And so there's a lot of different stuff going on so that you know. And it's just like, I don't know. I'm just, I'm disappointed in society. Exactly. Um, and the academy.
1: <laughs> Most of all. Yeah. Right. So I guess it's the typical fair like uh, it's Arrival, Fences, Hacksaw, um, Hell or High Water, Hidden Figures, La La Land, Lion, Manchester by the Sea, and Moonlight. I would mm-hmm. say Land's still in the lead, yeah. as far as the buzz. Um, I think hit figures, figures is slowly, up. yeah, slowly gaining mm-hmm. steam, and s- close third, maybe.
2: It's probably uh, moonlight. moonlight. Moonlight's getting some good or tracking. fences
1: too is getting some good yeah. tracking too as well. Yeah. So
2: I think Denzel is wrapped up. Uh, best actor Mm -hmm. for Fences just given how the last couple of awards have gone, SAG and all that yeah yeah. so that could
1: be a possibility but I would still say La La Land is the favorite and of course probably the most debated one other than um, best picture every year is best director and so usually you can make a case for anybody that was left out of directing but I think Denny Got nominated. Mel Gibson got nominated. Chazelle, of course. Kenneth Lonergan for Manchester by the Sea and Barry Jenkins for Moonlight. I think Wannergan's is probably the most interchangeable one out of the out of the group that you could have yeah. you could have put somebody else uh, in that slot. But it's good to see the other four because I don't think it will come down to Shazelle or Mel Gibson. So hmm, probably Shazelle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, i want i want love Mel gibson the way that just because he he, he kind of he really had to like hide in that like yeah you know what i mean um it would be cool to see him get some recognition for that movie because he really didn't get to put um him, as much of himself into it as he probably wanted to as we all wanted him to do. and i say that with a smile um best actor kind of the same deal Everybody kind of got it that you thought would.
2: Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a real predictable year, wasn't it? Like, we yeah. usually predicting the Oscar nominations is, is kind of a fool's errand, but this year, I think, I mean, it's just hard to. There's plenty of other, with all these categories, there's plenty of movies that you could say, like, oh, I probably wouldn't have had. I don't know. Hidden fences in. I would have had. I don't know. Captain Fantastic or something hidden instead. Figures, but don't
0: go. Don't go. Golden <laughs> Globes on us, Brian.
2: Yeah. Uh, don't say hidden
0: fences. Like I know. I'm did. trying.
2: I'm tr- did I say no? I didn't. I yeah, didn't say. No, hidden
0: you fence. really did. You said hidden fences. No you went, you Gosh, went full well, Golden Globes on. Look, us. if
2: it's if it's good enough for Michael Keaton, then it's good enough for me. Uh, <laughs> so no, like I think there's with a lot of these <laughs> with a lot of these slots, you could always say oh, I might prefer this person to that one, but it's hard to. Like get up in arms about any of these choices. I feel like, like I would have swapped out Andrew Garfield for Chris Pine or uh, I don't know, maybe Colin Farrell or something like that. But I'm not upset that Andrew Garfield got the nomination. You know,
1: you can't be. You can't be. Um, The this is one of the strongest years for Best Original Song that I can remember in recent memory, and I'm gonna go with the winner, the Empty Chair, the Sting song. Uh, sting singing live at the Oscars. I think it's going <laughs> to wrap it up.
0: You e, really e, e. E.
1: That's my sting. I like Sting. I think he's
0: definitely the has police. a place.
1: I love the police. Don't like yeah, Sting.
0: But he is one of the worst <laughs> lyricists of all time. If you ever want to laugh, <laughs> just read Sting lyrics. <laughs> he had this Christmas album a few years ago that we used to play. I used to work in this bookstore, and uh, we had to play it. And he had this song called Soul Cake. Um, it was about these things. Here, I'll read you guys some lyrics. Go ahead and continue with the, with the <laughs> news, because you have to hear these.
1: Uh, um, the see. nominees are for Best Original Song. So, The Empty Chair from Sting, nominated. <laughs> um,
0: How Far I'll Go. A soul go. cake, a soul cake. Soul cake. Please, good misses a soul cake. An oh. apple, a pear, a plum, or a cherry. Any good thing to make us all marry. A soul okay, cake. I'm done. A song, yeah, no, that's you're done. a real song. That's a real song you released.
2: Amazing.
1: Where can I get on vinyl, or is it <laughs> um, um, so the 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 Moana song, of course. Yeah, from Lin Manuel Maranda, is uh, nominated Lovely. as far, and the other songs, "Can't Stop the Feeling" from Timberlake. That yeah, that counts, from, I uh, guess, because it was on the originally around, announced on the Trolls thing, So that's kind of no. a him trying to i don't know get his oscar get <laughs> what, he got on. Like, biggest hit i've had in what t- eight years yeah just throw it on trolls <laughs> and give me that oscar you know um so there and but he's going against city of stars and the audition song yeah. and so emma stone just go on there sing the song on stage start to finish and then they announce you as best actress right after that it's the perfect <laughs> way to do it uh yeah that that would be the dream. They stopped letting him perform them though live. I think remember.
2: Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. They always it, they change it every year. You never know what you are going to get. So we'll see. This is a it big year like, for yeah, it. So the the maybe they'll year, do. It.
1: The year uh, that, uh, the Muppets were nominated, and everyone wanted yeah. to see Jason Siegel do the Muppets, and they didn't let him <laughs> right. do it. And then the exactly. year after, they had best. They let him perform, and it was just they random. It was like it. Bono doing something, and you know, uh, uh, I don't know what it was, but
0: they, they always yeah. do it year. You don't wanna see it. Like the right. year like um the South Park guys were nominated, they did it but had to do it with Rob Williams, and then Eight Mile was nominated and they didn't let uh Eminem do it. And then some yeah, and then Muppets, like anytime there's something kind of interesting might happen, the eighty five year old people on the Oscars are like, Oh, I'm sorry, <laughs> that I'm sorry. Is that Diana crawl? Then no, thank you.
1: <laughs> exactly. Is Sarah McLaughlin out there? Then no. Um <laughs> That is a disappointment if that doesn't happen. I'll go ahead and yeah. say that.
0: Totally. So,
1: And, and there, it's not going
0: to win, but we should mention that Lin Manuel Miranda is up for mm-hmm. the third ever Pigot if right. he wins this, though, because that's Pulitzer, Emmy, Oscar, Grammy, Tony. And he would be the first ever, only Roger and Hammerstein, I think, have won a P-GOT before. And he would be the first ever Mac Pigot, which is MacArthur Genius <laughs> Grant. Pulitzer, Emmy, Oscar, Grammy, Tony. So we could have a, our first ever potential Mac Pigot, which would be pretty awesome. And Who's then he, he always has to do is win the Nobel Prize for the Nobel <laughs> Mac Pigot.
1: <laughs> Who are the other Peagots?
0: Uh, Peagots. I think it's Rogers and Hammerstein are the only other two. I'll look. Um, and then yeah, there's, a, there's a lot. There's, there's a lot P-Gots. of egots. Yeah. There's twelve egots. There's only three Peagots. Uh, Lin Manuel could join them, and then there's no Mac Pigots. Red
2: no! is the other P-God. Who is Red it? Yeah,
0: it's, right. it's Red Foo. And then it's and, it's and it's in Taboo. Taboo and Red Foo. <laughs> From
2: the Black Eyed Peas. They Not need to, to be start confused with the Tom Hardy show.
1: A The Foos, the Foos Fighters uh, band <laughs> with Red Foo <Fu> and Taboo. <laughs> it, it's just man. them two. They, they only but who, cover who would Who would be the front man? Because they're both so charismatic. They only
0: cover that... Foo Fighters songs.
1: No. Right. <laughs> That's a joke for like seven people out there. I hope you know. <laughs> um, All right, okay. So I think that wraps it up for movie Richard news. Richard Rogers yeah. and Marvin Hamlisch are the only p- other P gods. By the way.
2: Okay. Okay. Oh, we got it. We got to talk DC before we get yeah, out. Yeah, I gotcha. don't
1: want to talk this uh, a lot. <laughs> we we have three minutes reserved here for it. I guess. Okay. Sure. Um, Affleck's out, huh. and that's pretty much it that's uh that's the news I agree dumpster fire in other words not great um, so yeah
2: <laughs> yeah that and also human
1: time he's out yeah. of directing I should say he's not out of batman right. I don't it, want to scare the people that want will see we'll see, we'll see. We'll
2: uh see. the flash also starting over from quote page one so that's what that's good that's what you want that's supposed to come out next year I think so it's good and Kent breaking news Nicole Kidman is in talks to play Aquaman's mom so
0: oh good That's good Oh, okay <laughs> Well she looks so much like um
2: Jason Momoa. Yeah
1: Jason Momoa. Yeah, you have to. I mean you They're almost yeah, who else do you yeah, have? exactly
2: you Jesus. gotta have to. Are they not related in real life? I wow. think they might
0: be. Shocking. I think they might be, yeah. They're both tall.
2: Man, I can't math. wait to see her get all jacked and muscular. Man, so, what a day.
1: So Keith Urban is in for a treat. <laughs> oh ben, man So Ben Affleck released a statement in regards to this and you know that this was written or said with zack snyder two two inches away from holding a needle of steroids just say it (laughs) say you want he was blanking the time (laughs) he was he was actually working out while he was giving the statement which was jarring but actually kind of uh guys
0: guys breaking news. Wow. I can't believe I got this for you guys. Hollywood reporter said, uh, the director of Batman has been announced and it is JJ Watt.
1: Wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Interesting. Bidding. Bidding. Interesting. He is super yoked. So it fits requirement. A no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, so the, the statement is, and I quote, there are certain characters who hold a special place in the hearts of millions. <laughs> Performing this role demands focus, passion, and the very best performance that I can give. It's become clear that I can't do both jobs to the level that they require. Together with the studio, I've decided to find a partner and a director who will collaborate with me on this massive film. I am still in this, and we are making it, but we are currently looking for a director. I remain extremely committed to this project and look forward to bringing this to life for fans around the world. End quote. So, believable yay or nay
2: no no i mean i think he has every intention at this moment of doing the movie but after that really it really wouldn't surprise me if he finds a way out before they actually start filming because i I think this is like one foot out the door type situation
1: might be a three picture deal He's, he's got bvs he's got this and he's got justice league already under mm. his belt pretty much so maybe that the, 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 his, yeah. w- his way out is like I'm making this and then bye you know uh, I would think just, he would want to direct man. it though just to make sure it doesn't suck because the last thing you want is this to be even worse than Batman vs yeah Superman, but if the know?
0: studio has as much control over the script and everything as they seem to he yeah. probably knows that I mean, he, I mean he, look uh, I like the fleck the fleck is good but the Fleck is like and Brian and I've made this comparison before. He's like an NBA player or somebody that can really flourish if he's surrounded by a lot of good talent, and he can make that talent so much better. But he's not really good ever at turning subpar stuff into good stuff. Um, and thus, <laughs> mm-hmm. I think he realizes, even as a you know, even as a director, that turning this would be Herculean, and he's not necessarily up for that emotionally and neither am i <laughs> wow okay so i'm pulling my hat out of the ring just so you know
1: <laughs> so um the dream would be for somebody that we enjoy and like to take over batman batman's um, cool wonder what the possibility of that happening would be at this point
2: yeah but at this point too uh, i was talking to one of our listeners on twitter today and was like i don't I don't want somebody that I really like to get involved with this because I don't I just don't feel like it's possible for it to be good. Like they need they need a hard reset at Warner Brothers slash DC. Like it, it's got something has got to change. It's you can't just swap out directors and swap out stars and expect it to get better. Like that's what they've been doing this whole time. And they keep running this stuff should not be happening. They keep running into these problems and these issues of Um. Look, I know I know films lose directors. It happens, but it's happening a lot and they can't get anything right. So do I think that Joss Whedon would be would be, for example, Joss Whedon would be a very good uh, director for Batman? Absolutely. Do I think that he could uh, turn that turd into an appealing movie? I really don't at this point. I don't think anybody can. So I'm to the point where I'm like, just. Hire Doug Eland. Hire somebody who is a... <laughs> hire Brett Ratner. I don't care. Hire somebody who is a terrible director because I don't want anybody that I actually like wasting their time on what... Oh, I, I just yeah. don't know how it could not be a disaster at this point.
1: Bobby and Peter Fairley present The Batman <laughs> Perfect. starring <Yeah>. Ben Affleck. <laughs> um, that's funny. No, it... Man, I I'm kind of at a crossroads with this. I hate Warner DC that whole thing but I want this to be good. I don't I don't want I don't, no. Just stop. What is that? what is happening? Oh yeah. I don't know what that was, but the I all right team. In he's a, in. No. Again, still haven't seen an episode, so <laughs> can't say that I knew what that was, proudly Anyway, um I I want this to be good because I don't want to have to talk about it being bad anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just I'm tired of the narrative. I honestly am. And this is coming from somebody who has to talk about it uh, yeah. constantly. And people probably think we love and bring it up on purpose. I mean, it's just just uh, I I don't know. It's yeah. you're right, Brian. It needs to. Everything needs to. Everyone needs to go. It needs. Everything must go. You know yeah yeah. 70 percent off clearance sale at warner brothers (laughs) just get everything out of there go and cut um, it
2: all and take take two years off and figure out how to do this right because that's i mean i just i don't know i'm with you can't i want batman movies to be good i don't really care about superman but all these other properties those were my favorite superheroes growing up i didn't care about any of the marvel uh or or avengers Uh, superheroes. I I liked all these guys and they they can't get it right. And so I'm to the point where I'm like, if you're just going to keep doing this...
0: We hate these. Just listen to what Brian just said for the 10 millionth (laughs) time.
2: Yeah, seriously, because we've dealt with it all day today on Twitter, too. It's just like, guys, I want these movies to be good. I really do. I love Batman. Batman's my favorite superhero. It will never change uh, unless Dirk becomes a superhero or something. Like it's, I don't want them to be bad, but if you're going to keep going down the same road and not changing anything and not figuring out what it is that you're doing wrong and not trying hard at all in my opinion to put forth a quality product then i you know what fine just keep keep doing this i hope you keep sucking at that point you know
1: <laughs> yeah they it seems to be all about the money for them that's what uh, the
2: bottom line yeah if but they're also to... throwing away money that's the, that to yeah. me that might be the that's the that's most true. frustrating part is that okay great Suicide Squad made I don't know whatever, eight hundred million dollars. It should have made one and a half billion. If it was you know? good, because it would have made a exactly, right. exactly.
1: Yeah. Yep. That's a catch twenty two that they're in. Well it made money, but well it would have made more if you actually put effort into it. I the sad part right. is, Brian, I think they did put effort into it and I think they thought it was good. They just don't know what is good you know yeah like they I, I think that's made part and they're of it, like sure. oh yes we got snyder yeah. we got batman versus Super, all this oh look at these oh, people are gonna love this people and then they put it out and it's just what uh mm-hmm. what uh, uh and it's just total retreat <laughs> and just like oh no we're we're good we, we're thrilled you know all that and then just yeah. statement after statement has to come out about everything's fine everything's cool we're good we're all we're fine meanwhile marvel <laughs> is just slaying it every you know the highest grossing films of the year and um kind of still yeah. building their story you know to greater varying degrees of success along the way i will admit sure um but that's part of what makes them good is because they kind of always rebound from the last stumble if you will um they kind of mm-hmm. learn their lesson which the uh, warner does not yeah. seem to be able to do so totally uh we're glad the rock has hitched his train to dc um and by the get way, just stop. You just, we know you listen. Just stop. Just get out. <laughs> just, I know you're probably asleep by now, but just, Dwayne, get up. Walk out. I know they Call lived with you. It seems cool. <laughs> it seems cool. Okay, that's enough for today. Let's uh, move on, take a break, relax, and talk some Shyamalan, guys. We are back and talking back. split this evening. Um, This is a very strange one because uh, I think I kind of want the best for Shyamalan. I think I kind of want him to do what he does and do it well. Um, I think this is kind of maybe, in recent years, for sure, the best example of what he does and does well. Um, If he can just do this, and fine. I'm fine, totally fine. Hey, ma'am, fam, question for you. Do you own a small business, or are you a boss? That's why ZipRecruiter is different. Unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them. Right now, you can post your jobs for free on ZipRecruiter by going to ZipRecruiter.com mad. That's ZipRecruiter.com mad. One more time, try it for free. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. Thanks to ZipRecruiter for supporting this episode of the Mad About Movies podcast. And they have still, to this day, never let me down. There's tons of variety. Some featured upcoming meals include summer vegetable and egg paninis, soy-glazed pork and rice cakes, skillet vegetable chili with cheddar drop biscuits, holy crap, and garlic butter shrimp and corn with green bean salad. So take it from me. Try out Blue Apron now. Go to blueapron.com mad. That's blueapron.com mad. Get three meals on us for free. Nothing goes better with a movie than dinner. So check out Blue Apron. Blueapron.com slash mad. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. With that, um, it's like I said earlier, when he gets hired to do big blockbusters or he gets enough money to do big blockbusters that uh, he mm-hmm. seems to fail. He kind of goes crazy when, um, with the effects come into to play. Um, it seems like the more scaled-down when he's limited by a $5 million or $10 million budget, that he does his best work, in my opinion. Um, maybe it's just uh, he puts more thought and effort into the ones like this, uh, in this style, in his old, um, kind of his uh, original style that he got started with, and that's fine too, but whatever you do well, I think is what you should do. So um, I'm fine with him doing these kinds of movies every year you know from now on just random kind of thriller horror movies uh maybe branch off into science fiction or fantasy every now and then but kind of keep it contained keep it small and um you know i i love the twist i will say i love the fact that he does put kind of a twist in all of his movies and you go in expecting it and you talk about it after that's very kind of alfred hitchcock of him to to have that as his um, kind of trope or you know again to varying degrees of success along the way. Um, And he's like the J Daniel Atlas of filmmaking. Right. (laughs) And and, I will, you can't knock him for going out on a limb or risking it, you know, and just saying, Mm -hmm. you know what, you're either all in or you're not, you know? And uh, I'm usually not most of the time, but sometimes I am. (laughs) So that is fun too. So I always kind of anticipate his movies in that regard. Um, knowing that probably I can't see him again looking at him the same way. And that's probably the case with all of his movies (laughs) for different reasons. So Split was no different for me. Um, It was an experience. I will say that it reminded me of when I went to see Signs or went to see The Sixth Sense or went to see The Village. Um, Mm -hmm. Those were kind of different experiences and people were kind of gasping and you know, experiencing it all together and, and um it kinda has that old school horror feel in that sense. Um the summer blockbuster feel uh in that sense. So that's fun. But um as a movie it was pretty up there on his stuff. I would say it's the top fifty percent of Shyamalan. And so that that's a that's a positive, right? No. Um this was this was pretty scary, just because of, kind of how realistic it was for most of it, in my opinion. Um, just the fact that, uh, I don't know, it was a few years ago that the stories come out of people that were holding people in their basement for 10, 15 years at a time and things like that. And this, this just the scenario in and of itself was super creepy to me. I don't know um, if you found yeah. it. The the setup with the mall and the car and everything—that was just super. The chloroform—I was like really creeped out by McAvoy in that moment, and that and Mm -hmm. that character, oh, that Dennis, that specific character of his, was very like, oh, like I don't want to ever see that. You know, it was like Robin Williams in One Hour Photo, just kind of. So you know, there's something weird about that guy, right? When you see him, you know what I mean. You don't know what it is, but um, he has that. He had that quality throughout. Um. So, this one kept me on the edge of my seat most of the time, and I was kind of waiting for the twist, I will admit, Um, but when it came, I was not expecting it. So, that was good, too. Um, It wasn't a twist that I saw coming, which is what I kept waiting for. So, I like that. I don't know y'all's thoughts on Shyamalan in recent years. I don't really remember. I know you didn't like the visit, but I don't remember what your thoughts were going into that, but um, kind of refreshed me, Brian, and... We'll move mm-hmm. on
2: uh, from there. Yeah, I mean, I loved, I loved the first uh, three or four movies that he did. I thought he was one of the most uh, creative voices in the industry and one of the better filmmakers, technically speaking, as well. Um, I really, I love Signs. I think Signs is. Uh, Signs gets let down because its uh, its special effects aren't that great, and because people had because it's sold as a an alien movie, and really it's it's not. It's a, it's a movie about faith and uh, losing faith and finding faith and all that sort of stuff. And it it's very I love the way that that movie is done. I think Unbreakable is great. Sixth Sense kind of not kind of it did it changed uh, it changed the genre and how we make films for that suspense films and thrillers and horror movies and stuff. Um, there's a lot, a lot, a lot of movies that have come out over the last 18 years that have tried to pull a sixth sense, usually to to lesser degree. And, uh, so it gets a lot of credit for that. And I really like the village too. That one's not, uh, typically as popular as, as the other three, but, um, that the was- village.
1: It's kind of a letdown, isn't it? But it's cool at the same time.
2: Like I really enjoyed it, Um, but it does seem the
1: hardcore twist of all time that I I was like, what just happened? And yeah, yeah, it was. I I
2: I think that's the that's in hindsight that's kind of like it's kind of (laughs) like a warning sign of what's to come because that one tried really hard to go all in on a crazy twist, and I'm not sure that it was executed as well as maybe he thought it was if that makes sense and i and i I think that that kind of plays out over the next few films likewise you know the last half of his career has been just an unmitigated disaster the happening is one of the probably 10 worst movies i've ever seen in my life uh i still i i went to see that that came out i think the year uh that my wife and i were dating and so we went to see it together with a couple of friends and I just remember it was one of those experiences where the movie ended and we all just kind of looked at each other like kind of silent for a few minutes of like, what was that? What what just happened? I don't even and not obviously what's happening. uh was just is atrocious last airbender is awful and i don't have any connection to uh to that source material so i know that's a, a source of of great frustration for a lot of people um and after earth is is just uh great. is an great. embarrassing great. great great film as uh, as kent put earlier uh is a great film certainly not a, the greatest film but but great at least uh late and then lady in the water is like not good but certainly in comparison to some of these other movies uh, not not nearly as as bad as those. Um, so I've kind of lost it with him. I th- now to to be fair, I think this is what he should be doing. Um, I think you you were spot on, Kent, when you said like when he gets trapped in these blockbuster movies that are like trying to really reach for something big and and scalable. Uh, he struggles because he's not somewhere along the line. He's he's kind of lost the ability to to write. I think he can still direct. I just don't. I don't see it with with his writing, uh, like like you did early on, because I think I scripting wise, yeah. gosh, those first four movies are are really tight, and at least the first three are are, are very good scripts and uh, have all the elements that you're really looking for in a good script. And since then, this this film included there's just something missing in it. And so I don't know, maybe he's somebody who just had three or four good ideas and, or only could write the, I I don't know what it is, but something is really, really lost there and is really missing. But I think as a director, he still has uh, an eye for what you want to see on screen. And he certainly understands a twist and, uh, and does that as well, if not better than, than just about anybody. This is what he should be doing. The village. I didn't, or excuse me, uh, the visit. I didn't care for the village because I God, I keep saying it. The visit, because I don't like horror movies, and that movie, it. I don't even know if it's good or not, but it still creeps me out thinking about it. Um, that's just a personal thing for me. But it is a really kind of a terrible script. It's like good idea, um, interesting execution, just held back by a really, really bad script. This is like a step in the right direction, if nothing else. Um, I do think that the script on on Split is is pretty messy, and. Uh, And you end up, for me at least, I I found myself kind of like glossing over some of the really uh, stupid and rough patches of the narrative and the script and whatnot, just because James McAvoy is really compelling and really good in this role or these roles, as it were. So, like, I think he did a great job. I think he does with this one at least. He did a very good job of putting the movie together. I think it's an interesting concept, very creepy. You're right, Kent. And he did a great job. Whoever decided, hey, James McAvoy is the guy that needs to play this. Hit that one hard because he he's great. He's really really good at this, and I'm not really honestly a, a big McAvoy fan. Um, but I do think that those elements uh, they kind of overshadow the, the the weaknesses of the film, which are which are pretty pretty big. So I've I've rambled on. I apologize, Richard. What are your thoughts?
0: Yeah, no, uh, very similar to yours, Brian. I like um, I like McAvoy more than than you do, um, and find him to be a pretty interesting actor. Um, and a very versatile. He's like a five tool, but he doesn't do anything exceptional. But he's he's he can do a lot of different things in interesting ways. Uh, Shyamalan, you know, I love Unbreakable. It's a movie we haven't talked about much on here. I think that's a great movie, and we'll talk about that in a little bit, a little more. Um, and uh, I love I love Six Sense. Uh, the Village had a great twist, but it's not a great movie. You know, it's he, mm-hmm. but he does he does a unique thing um, that there's always room for. And I think his fault is not necessarily his fault. It's that, um, I mean, obviously Albert Hitchcock is in a class of his own, but I think people that make these type of films only have maybe two or three of them in, in them and no one else has come along to kind of take his throne. And so he just keeps doing it. And it's like to diminishing returns because mm-hmm. no one else, you know, um, if, if uh if michael jordan if no one ever came along in the nba to tell michael jordan to stop playing michael jordan would probably still be playing but like it'd be kind of sad because he's like 50 and he smoked a lot of cigars and his like endurance isn't that great and he'd just be kind of out there lumbering along and it's like that's kind of where uh and but then every night maybe he'd throw up every other night he'd throw up 45 points or something and and i think and i is still capable of that i think that's what's kind of maddening about him is uh, what he does is so unique and this and the talent that he has, like you said, especially as a director, um, they always, you know, his movies always lure you in. And it's like he does. They don't uh, market them anymore from the mind of M. Night Shyamalan, mm-hmm. um, which I think, you know, from the minds of Kent, Brian and Richard would be a good way to market this podcast. But but still, like his movies get a lot of play. Stuff. I mean, six six cents was almost 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. And they still get a lot of plays like M night Shyamalan joints. Um, And so that's, we, I think everyone, everyone loves that feeling of being fooled. It's the reason that like magicians still make a lot of money in Vegas every year. And so we all want that feeling. And uh, when he, we know that he's capable of giving it to us better than anyone. And when he doesn't, it's disappointing. So all that being said, this is, more of a traditional thriller than a lot of things he's done Mm -hmm. uh, and a more sort of modern style thriller than a lot of things he's done. And it was interesting. It's an interesting movie. And I think it's, it's deaf. I'm glad it's done well. And I, I, you're right, Ken, I, I I think hopefully this encourages him to, to do, uh, to do more things in this vein. Uh, And I hope that they don't say, Hey, this did great. Here's another 150 million. Go make last airbender 2, brah. (laughs) <laughs> I hope that doesn't happen. I hope they keep giving him $15 million every time.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I can't disagree with that. Um, I think uh, maybe this is going to prove to him that this is his line to real success. Just do this kinds of movies again. I think the visit was kind of that reassuring to them too. I remember the visit being doing better than anyone anticipated it doing in the theaters. Um, so Yeah as far as M night goes, um, he's on the right path, but interesting note the, the you talked about James McAvoy, Brian, and my biggest mm-hmm. concern was like, isn't he too handsome to kind of do this kind of a role? You know what I mean? Wouldn't that be a distraction? If you, if it was Chris Hemsworth doing this, wouldn't you be like, he's, he's really <laughs> sure. handsome. Look at why, his muscles, yeah. why is he yeah. uh, such a loner? I mean, even if he has split right. personalities, why doesn't he have friends or anything like that? But James McAvoy did a great job. I don't know shaving his head. He probably did for X Men, and it was probably just kind of the case of the scenario, so they mm-hmm. worked it in. That's what I felt like. But if if not, that worked for the character. He did a good job of distracting you from that and and making it all about the personality and of the characters that he was playing. Mm-hmm. An interesting note: it was going to be Joaquin Phoenix, but they didn't work it out or um, couldn't oh, get the contrast worked much out. More scary. Um, <laughs> Yeah. I'd i have been crying am- right now. Yeah, no. I can just imagine the uh, the car abduction scene with Joaquin Phoenix and it's just like, oh gosh, <laughs> that's so creepy just to think about. Um, so it, I mean, to see what gosh. this could have been is kind of weird, crazy because we know that they work together on signs and he probably has the vote of confidence in the, of, yeah. in, my, in the village. Um, And so, as far as that goes, that would have been something I would have wanted to see. But, Nonetheless, I thought McAvoy was really good in this. And yeah. you know, it is what it is. It's either all in or all out, you know, for most people on these types of things. But for me, I was all in on McAvoy and he was extremely entertaining. And some of his uh personalities more than others for sure. But uh I I, I felt like he actually did give them different Characters and it wasn't just like different voices for each character, it was the same yeah, you know totally. I mean. it was totally yeah. different personalities and personas and i mean it showed me his range for you know i I'd only really seen him do kind of blockbustery kind of leading man type stuff and mm-hmm. uh this kind of showed definitely showed me what he is capable of um in that regard as far as going going way dark, (laughs) pretty dark with a lot of this stuff. Um, speaking of dark, did you think this was too dark for M Night? It it was really dark. I mean, first of all, they have the abduction, um, Mm -hmm. and then they have kind of a semi sexual assault thing happening. You know, I mean, it's, he takes her, the girl into another room. You don't see anything or, you know, but you definitely, it's definitely implied kind of, that kind of stuff happening. And I didn't know if this movie required that I thought just them being abducted and put in a in a room alone or in a basement or whatever it was, was creepy enough. Like you didn't need that extra element of, oh, by the way, you're going to get raped here, too. You know, (laughs) like that. that, Yeah, that that was how did you guys feel about that? That was just kind of why is this in the movie kind of for me?
2: And yeah, I mean, I think it yes it is it is very dark i i actually think he is very good at at working within the dark like six cents for example is super dark and i think it kind of gets glossed over because of uh because of i see dead people and and just the general uh how that has been taken in over the last 15, whatever 17 or 18 years but like I mean the little Misha Barton is a ghost because her mom poisoned her to death. You know, so it's like an unbreakable uh the the person that he ends up fighting has a family locked up and is is assaulting them. So like it it, it he does really dark stuff and he does it in I don't want to say a clever way, but he is typically very good, I think, at um finding a way to sort of like camouflage that in and like kind of slowly let you see what's going on without making it um provocative or in any way like gratuitous i guess so to your point yes i i think is extremely dark and and as the without getting into spoilers the stuff that that unfolds with uh with the the main girl is like really kind of awful and terrible and um and haunting but it also ultimately plays into uh the way that you know that that everything the the conclusion and the way that it unfolds so i i yeah it's super dark but it does it in a, a way that i i think was appropriate personally
1: yeah um i i loved the fact that uh they keep a lot of this under wraps um as far as the details of the scenario uh the fact that you don't know where you know there's a trap somewhere, but you don't know where it is. Like, it's never established if it's a house, if it's a building. You know, I, I loved that he could have very easily just made it a house, you know? Uh, the fact mm-hmm. that he made it, like, a place that you have to kind of discover where they are, they had to, you know, you're discovering it as they are, was really clever. Um, I felt like what made Signs so compelling is the fact that it is so isolated. It's just about Mm -hmm. a family on a farm, and there's aliens literally all around you. You know, you don't know they could be. You know, Um, and that's it. And um, this had that same kind of uh, claustrophobic vibe to it, and that was we we found kind of the same subject matter done last year at this time with Cloverfield, the Cloverfield, um, Ten Cloverfield Mm -hmm. Lane, the same kind of thing. We didn't know why she was kidnapped. That's kind of the reveal in that is why. Why would this guy put her in her basement, in his basement? But, um, this is, uh, this is strange because they, they, they don't, they don't understand the split personality, um, disorder or anything like that. Um, so they're kind of wondering what's going on, um, just as we are. But I think, how did you feel this guy's, how did you feel this kind of shed some light on, um the split personalities and everything. I mean, I, I mean, I certainly had heard of that before, but I was, I mean, it was truly terrifying in my opinion, you know, um, just the, the fact that, uh, this, you know, is, is diagnosed in, you know, not certainly not to this degree, I, I would assume. Um, yeah, but, uh, I mean, goodness, um, it definitely shed some light. and I want to do some more research on that. Uh, you know, when I got home for <laughs> sure, for sure about that. Yeah. It-
2: it should be noted that this is a like highly dramatized version yes. of what uh, dissociative uh, personality totally disorder yeah. is. So, because I know that's been uh, a s- subject of some outrage over the last week or so, which Me, I think is unwarranted, but is a fun. far
0: more subtle. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah. If you're looking for an accurate representation of uh, of this disease, you might want to seek out uh, that movie. But yeah, it's. Uh, it's an interesting. It makes for an interesting movie, right? And that's that's it. I don't know. I don't know that this is not very accurate as far as the, how that you know that uh, disease actually, the disorder actually works. But it's it certainly makes for an interesting concept, an interesting movie. And and he man, he does a good job of turning that into a really terrifying sort of situation.
1: I think it's it's more about using that as an excuse to show. You, you, with your mind, you can do anything. You can be anybody you want to be through the power of your own mind. You know, if that, and this is that's kind of a way for him to, for Shyamalan to, to do that. I guess is kind of, um, I mean, it's, I don't want to get into spoilers, but he does do that later in the movie. You know what I mean? It's a, it's an explanation more than anything. Um, and, you know, honestly, uh. I can't say that any of the personalities didn't have a, have a good or positive effect on the story. You know, I feel like, um, <laughs> yeah. they didn't, they only explored just the right amount of them. You know, there were however many, but I, I love the psychiatrist reveal. And I said reveals cause we're kind of discovering as, um, we're kind of discovering this world, um, as the viewer. And one scene that I really enjoyed from Shyamalan here was, uh, the psychiatrist's office scene the first time, because we don't know A, that it's his psycho- um, his doctor. Um, we don't know why he's visiting her, we don't know who she is, we just kind of seen her in a couple of scenes. Uh, we get some emails from them or whatever, you don't know, we don't know what it is and all that. Um, and I love this scene where they're talking, and when, once you realize it's the psychiatrist, the camera pans back and you start to see all of, like the the certifications on the walls and everything like that, you know, like it's it goes from just them having the conversation and her realizing and her, I think her saying like, is this Dennis? Are you sure this is Dennis? You know, um, Mm -hmm. her and her kind of discovering that it's not really who she thinks she's talking to as far as his personalities are concerned. I loved that scene. I thought that was one of the more effective uses of Shyamalan that he, I mean, Shyamalanings of, um, recent memory. It reminded me of the, uh, it reminded me of something that he had done before. I can't remember what it... I'll, I'll have to think about it. Um, it. Maybe it was the scene in uh, Signs where they're at the the table with the uh, mashed potatoes. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah when they're yeah. all crying yeah, and everything. Sense. Yeah, that's what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, man. Uh, it, it just... It, it was kind of the perfect combination of acting with the script, with the shooting, of um, and the music and everything. It was uh, It was kind of what you you hope you see when you see his movies. Um, so that, that was great. And, um, that reveal was intense, but as far as, um, the stuff that I really wanted to know was how are these girls going to escape? What the heck is going to happen to them? Um, and that was, and it, it was cool to see it from the perspective of the girls. What do we think of the three girls and everything? Um, Richard, I haven't heard from you in, uh, a little bit. Yeah. No. no what, yeah. what about all that stuff?
0: Uh, the, the action, you know, he, um, <laughs> he's a hard person to kind of quantify in terms of performance directing, because sometimes he requires actors to say such ridiculous things. <laughs> it's hard to, um, it's hard to really justify their, or hard to really quantify their performance. Uh, and so, but I thought I found the actress in this, you know, they're scre they're total Scream Queen roles. Uh mm. but in a traditionalist sense, I thought that I found them super effective. Um and I didn't have an issue with them at all. I mean, it's yeah. hard to uh bounce with, with someone that's doing what McAvoy's doing and really pop off the screen. So I can't say I really mm-hmm. noticed them much, but they mm. I didn't notice them being bad at, at all.
1: Okay. That works, but um as far as uh one of the personalities goes as is Hedwig the nine-year-old boy personality and is in that scene when we're first introduced to Hedwig that you kind of think the girls kind of start to play tricks on Hedwig saying Hedwig help us out of here like they start to think maybe his personalities don't even know each other you know um that's what that's where I thought this was gonna that's how I thought they were gonna totally get out of the situation was by convincing Hedwig to help Mm -hmm. them get out, you know, and they were going to hope to keep Hedwig there and not let the other personalities come into play. And they were going to figure out how to trigger the other personalities or whatever, you know, uh, that's what I thought. But, um, that ended up not really being the case. I mean, to that extent, but, um, I thought that was a cool reveal as well. Um, in this. And so we do kind of find out later how to trigger the personality. And I mean, it's, um, why wasn't it, they doing that the whole time? Why weren't, wasn't, uh, the psychiatrist doing that the whole time? I don't know. You know, mm. um, what's your explanation for this? Should we get to spoilers now? Yeah. Yeah, let's go. Spoilers. Spoilers. Yeah. Spoilers. And then spoilers coming up. Um, so all you have to say was his name. It was Kevin Crumb,
2: Kevin <laughs> yeah, Wendell Crumb, Crum. yeah,
1: and that—that's how his real personality comes back. Um, I don't understand why she just didn't say that <laughs> when he was killing her.
2: Yeah, maybe try that out. I don't Instead know. of like this scribbling it
1: after you're already half dead onto a receipt and hoping somebody sees it. And, um, mm. I don't. I. That's not for me to kind of find an explanation <laughs> for it's for me to kind of bring up on a discussion podcast um that's you know that's the biggest plot hole there i guess but you know whatever works works i guess it worked for me
2: then yeah there's a, a lot of macguffin stuff down the stretch but it you know it's a horror movie, you know, so it's like you got to I guess there's a certain amount of that you have to accept. And if they if the director can pull it off, then, you know, you just have to kind of let it let it go, because, yes, it would have been. I know at the end she's when when the beast is is killing her. It's, you know, she he's choking the life out of her and whatnot. But you still think he might she might could have said Kevin Wendell Crumb. I I don't know. But that's it's not for me to judge.
1: So, so how. How much did could you stand this movie, Brian? As far as the horror movie aspect of it, as far as all that goes, what, did you have a hard time? Was this a fun watch for you, or what?
2: No, I mean it wasn't fun, but I wasn't squirming or freaking out the whole time because it's it's really, if it's a horror movie, I guess it's a very uh, limited horror movie. It's it's mostly a thriller, and and I can handle, I can handle that all right. I, I thought I thought M Night Shyamalan did a really good job of keeping. The momentum going of keeping the the tension built and uh, using McAvoy to like not just scene change, but also tone change back and forth. And that was he did a great job with that. So, no, I wasn't ever to a point. I mean, the visit, like legitimately, I was like, I don't know, I'm going to be able to sleep for a few weeks. Just really jagged me up because I hate that kind of movie. This is not to that uh, that extent whatsoever. But, you know, it, but it was still very effective in its uh in its terrorist aspect i guess yeah
0: it (laughs) i found this so much scarier than the visit personally just like it just shows what what different stuff freaks us out to me this movie Mm -hmm. freaked me out way more uh than
1: something like the visit it just kind of it was one of those movies it's like yeah creepy people are out there these people are weird and you watch your back like you know what i mean that's kind of the, the not the early moral but not the moral we end up coming to find but it's just uh it was um it wasn't really horror it wasn't supernatural at all you know it didn't have that supernatural element that the sixth sense had or that uh science had um
2: i would i would disagree a little i think that the transformation to the beast you kind of hit on it earlier with, well, let's see, you know, the power of the mind and whatnot, but I think there's a supernatural element to it, at least on the same level of like unbreakable, you know, of course where,
1: there is. Uh, that, that's, I mean, we're in spoilers now, but yeah. that, I mean, that is the movie is that that's the sure. explanation is that it was a superhero type thing the whole time. We're always wondering right. how did this happen to this guy? How could anybody be like this? Oh, well, that's the explanation, you know, um, that, but before that, it's just kind of like, wow, um, it can get so bad that you could think you're invincible. I mean, we hear about people, what taking bath salts and, and, you know, showing <laughs> their arm off cause they feel like they're invincible. You know what I mean? Like there, there are drugs and things that you can do that, that do make you have that feeling, whether you are like that or not, you know what I mean? You would have that sensation of going to eat somebody or, you know what I mean? Like um mm. that's how i got the animalistic instinct or whatever that's how i felt it um was interpreted before we hear it before we get the explanation you know um and they the i guess it's that's where they reveal of it's not at a house it's not um in an apartment it's you know in a zoo that kind of does with that because he does kind of personify some of the animals or whatever it is in the zoo as the beast, you know, like a lion or uh, a tiger he mentions. in the, one of the little hints uh, where he's talking about the tiger's teeth, I think. Um, So, you know, that kind of plays into it too as well. But yeah, the, did the transformation work at all for you as the beast? Was it just kind of like, okay, I'm still in on here. Cause I, for a lot of people that's probably where they're like, okay, this guy's like a, He's literally a beast now okay this is this is uh, a little too far for me
2: i didn't mind it from a narrative standpoint but i thought the transformation itself was kind of a letdown like it really didn't i wasn't impressed by uh the beast form i guess and that's partly that this whole movie was made on a nine million dollar budget and partly that i don't know just i'm kind of glad it wasn't,
1: wasn't more because it would have been just like oh you know, I mean, the I just point it, it
2: looks like, like he was like, right. Really based in humanity. Yeah, right. It, yeah, it should be based in humanity, but it just I don't know. It wasn't. And to me, that wasn't a, a super <laughs> high point of the movie. And when it's kind of building towards that for 45 minutes, you're, you're kind of like, well, that could have been better.
1: I was hoping it would be an actual beast like a Sasquatch, like they had been drawing or whatever. Or it's
2: like Kelsey Grammer. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Or the Blue
1: Beast. Yeah. From X3. Uh, <laughs> Of course, the Last Stand,
2: the best X, obviously.
1: Yeah, just cross it over with X Men <laughs> right there. It's like he's actually, he's actually uh, Patrick Stewart the whole time, and we just <laughs> figure that out. That would have been the ultimate twist. That Whoa!
2: Is, yeah,
1: that he's actually Professor X, and he's um, split personality. Um, so the reveal, the 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 twist. Um, for me. It was kind of like, whoa, that was cool. Um, I guess Unbreakable is still a thing, but it didn't it didn't really affect the movie for me at all. Like, the movie could have ended, and that could have been in the mm-hmm. post-credits, and that would have been like, okay. You know, like, it didn't... As, as far as, like, most Shyamalan twists, it doesn't completely change the movie to me. It still right. makes the movie creepy and suspenseful and all that. Um, it just kind of, oh, well, uh, that kind of explains why he was so crazy, you know? And that's really all you get there and kind of, Oh, I guess we can maybe an unbreakable sequel will happen eventually or another, you know, a third one technically or whatever. And then you kind of go to look back, I guess that's for the the real fans to a go back and watch unbreakable or B go back and see split to try to find Easter eggs of unbreakable in it. And that's fine too. But for me, it was just kind of like, Oh, okay, cool. You know, if they, this would, if the reveal here was, like I said, if it was, was X-Men or something, if it was that crazy, I would have been like, whoa, okay, cool. That it was X-Men. That's great. You know, it, it didn't, it wasn't as jarring as people were making it out to be, to me. You know, like, you gotta see this. Oh, it changes everything. No, it was just like, oh, cool, little Easter egg for Shyamalan fans. You know, that's all I really yeah. felt like it. And for people who didn't know what that was, they were probably like, why is Bruce Willis <laughs> yeah hanging yeah. out in a diner and that's that's the reveal you know uh
2: yeah yeah so a lot of people in my theater i don't know that they even knew who bruce willis was let alone what he was referring to so that's not great it's not a great not a great uh shock twist there at the end i loved it you? i thought it was interesting i mean shock would be an overstatement it was a cool little easter egg i looked at my wife and and the people we were watching with was like oh this was that was cool but I don't know that I was like, whoa, just completely shocked 'cause it like you I said, I went in it completely really blind. Impact, I had
1: no I had yeah. no idea what was coming. Yeah. Same. And and it didn't have that big I was just like, oh, okay.
2: Yeah. It's kind of like a a rollout of of several mini reveals, right? Like you get the reveal of the beast, uh, you get the reveal of her finding the note and saying uh Kevin Wendell crumb, and then you get the reveal that like what has what ultimately saves her life is that she has had a horrible life and been uh molested and, and assaulted multiple times over the course of her life, and that's kind of a weird twist that is very uh Uh, and then you get the stinger at the end, so it's like one after another that kind of I guess maybe all together that amounts to one shamalayan twist, but not any of them individually, if that makes any sense.
1: Yeah, I think so, too. Um, You know, as far as his twists are concerned, I don't know where it ranks. Um, Like I said, it didn't really affect much for me at at all, so I can't really put it up there.
2: Richard, where would you put that twist on the scale, on the Shemalayan scale? Uh, scale? Very
0: low, very low, but I love Unbreakable, so Unbreakable's my favorite Mm Shemalama movie, so... um, I like anything that I like that universe. I think it's a cool. thing. It's like everything that the um, DC universe tries and fails to be. So, uh, I'm I w- I was cool with it, but it's not. I wouldn't even. Yeah, it's not even really a twist. It's like a. You're right, Ken. It's like a oh, eyebrows up.
1: Oh, cool. Okay, <laughs> <Great>. moving on. <laughs> oh, cool. Oh, cool. Oh, bye. Uh, that's fun. Okay, so I think split kind of. Exceeded my expectations. I would definitely say it exceeded my expectations. It's kind of like but the twist. Brian uh, it reminded me of the Cloverfield twist, but they called the movie freaking Tin Cloverfield lane. Yes, like if that hadn't yes. been that and the, Gosh, the reveal at the end yep. would have been the like street sign mm-hmm. that said Cloverfield lane. Everyone would be like, Oh, at the end. And it yep. would have been cool yep. if it was called like, I don't know, trapped or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. at, you know, yep. at, at, in a, kidnapped or whatever.
2: It's a, it's a top five movie of the year, I think, yeah. if, if the if the name was something that wasn't related to Cloverfield, 100 percent
1: So that goes to show. Um Split is kind of like unbreakable though. Like how do we not get that? Because it's the opposite of unbreakable is split. Um and it's got they both got the glass theme on the poster <laughs> and I heard the glass actually like lines up if you line the posters up together. I didn't <laughs> I haven't checked that yet, but um, anyway, yeah, they were kind of dropping hints all over the place, but I kind of was blind to them, even though I'm, I follow this type of thing on social media. So kudos to you, M. Knight, for keeping it, keeping it under wraps because that's not easy to do. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, exceeded my expectations, and maybe this—I don't know—McAvoy would have gotten any discussion if this had come out earlier, but he was, he was very. I, I don't know, instrumental in making this a success. A success. It, it could have been somebody bad and could have really ruined the movie if he didn't get the right actor in that mm-hmm. lead. Um, but I was most creeped out by Dennis. I will say Hedwig was creepy as well. Um, but they were they were all very disturbing, and I don't want to ever meet any of them again in my consciousness. <laughs> but, uh, I can't get the, those images out of my mind of him in, uh, in the movie oh so 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 effective in that way you know i don't know
2: yeah and the, the
1: score was really good too i understand it's the same people that did the jinx which we reviewed on here oh yeah. so um really effective kind of creepy score to it as well and that helps always all right so let's hit a grade here for um split i'm gonna go with an a minus right
2: I'm going to go a little lower and go just a solid B. Solid B. McAvoy's great. Solid B.
0: I'm with Brian. I'm going to go solid B as
1: well. Okay. So, maybe more to come from M. Night Shyamalan. But until then, uh, let's hit some uh, recommends, guys.
0: Weekly recommends.
2: Okay, Brian. Recommendal. I'm going to recommend a uh, TV show that is on Netflix. It's actually a Netflix original. And it is called Travelers. It is, it's is—it's a one season that just came out, uh, I think in December. It stars Eric McCormick and a bunch of Canadians you've never heard of or seen before. And it is about a, uh, it's very sci fi It's about a, a group of people who come back from the future to the present time to, uh, you know, pretty typical time travel sort of thing. They're trying to stop some events from happening that lead to a horrible, terrible future ahead of us. uh, The twist is that they, when they come to, uh, they basically send their consciousness back through time and they inhabit the bodies of someone who is just dying at that moment. So, like, you've got five or six main characters and they... They all show the person that each one of them is about to uh, become in like 30 seconds before their death and a clock ticks down to their death. And then at that moment, uh, the, you know, these people jump back in time, their consciousness jumps back and into their body. So like one of the keys to the show is people that are tracking these these people and seeing that their behaviors are changing and uh, noticing that like one girl, for instance, is not all there mentally and then suddenly she's uh, very bright and intelligent and can speak and all this sort of stuff and so it, it, it's a really interesting play it's not it's nothing that is going to uh, you know win some sort of uh, award or anything but it's, a, it's an enjoyable watch it's easy to watch it's, th- it's like 13 episodes and uh, and I think it left it in an interesting place where it could come back for, for a second season uh, assuming Netflix picks it up so check that out it's called Travelers and it is a Netflix exclusive show Excellent. Excellent. Thank you. Richard.
0: Uh Comedians and Cars is back. A fun little uh jaunt with uh, comedians you've got Kristen Wig and Cedric the Entertainer and Norm uh Norm mcdonald You're nice. on there and uh Jared Ferguson.
2: It's a funny name.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and uh others as well. Christoph Waltz randomly. Uh, but cool. it's back. It's always fun. It's the last season I think before it moves over to Netflix, so uh check out Comedians and Cars Getting Coffee. And it o- it will always make you want a cup of coffee, even if you don't laugh. So uh that, that's uh yeah. that's my recommend.
1: Kent, what about you? We didn't talk about it going to Netflix. Well it's gotta be like a two hundred million dollar contract or something crazy. They're not least funny. Least. It's yeah. the only exclusive on Crackle that anyone cares about. <laughs> and yeah. So, they are giving up the entire back catalog of Comedians and Cars, plus all the new seasons, plus multiple stand-up specials from Seinfeld. That's got to be... They paid Chappelle $80 million to do two stand-ups. I've I got to think they rolled out it the red carpet. It was 60 for three. For, Get it bright. Ken. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was, it was Rock, $20 million I think Rock. one. Got, yeah. yeah. Rock might have got $40 million for two or something yeah. like that. But Seinfeld...
2: You got to think It's he, good time. it's I'm glad it. that guy caught a break, you know. He yeah. really deserved it. He's been working hard for a long time. He's already got a really. billion
1: dollars. He's got <laughs> he has 200 Porsche's. He's I think he's fine. Um uh but good good, you know, glad to see it on Netflix. I I, I can't wait to see what they come up with together. Um original programming and who knows, bring Seinfeld back on Netflix. Yeah. That could happen just wait.
2: I'm super excited about that as well because I don't know what Crackle is. So I've only seen a few of uh uh, the show. And so I'm excited to be able to binge it all because I am very, uh, only Netflix. And they put I put them on YouTube
1: too. Else. There is an official yeah, YouTube you channel. Go to comedians yeah. cars,
0: getting too. It's like an original, yeah. you don't even have to deal with crackle.
2: Good. All,
1: all right. right. Some really smart so, so. by crackle to really own that property. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to recommend a documentary movie music thing. um, Arcade Fire put out, uh, it's called The Reflector Tapes, and it's kind of their self-documentary of them making their most recent album called Reflector. And um, really cool kind of some live performances, studio stuff, mixed in with some kind of modern art type uh, filmmaking and independent filmmaking and and things like that. And so if you're a fan of that band, if you're a fan of those types of movies, um, music documentaries, things like that, check it out. And if you don't like that band, um, check them out on Spotify and and all that good stuff. Arcadefire.com, I believe it is. And um, good music. And uh, enjoy that. So that's my recommend. Um, You guys will like that, too, if you haven't seen it. I know you will. Definitely. Reflector tapes. All right. So where can we find you online, Brian?
2: You can find me on the Twitter at bgil 12 You can find my writing at madaboutmoviespodcast.com. Richard, where can we find you?
0: You can find me on Twitter or Snapchat or Instagram at Richard Barden. You can find Mad About Movies now on Instagram at, boom. what is it, Brian?
2: It is Mad About Movies Podcast.
0: Oh, boom. We're, we're gramming so hard. And mm. uh, you can also find me on the Mad About Movies Podcast newsletter, which has our first issue of the year coming very shortly. Kent, where can I find you?
1: You can find me on the Twitter at Kent Garrison. Find me online at madaboutmoviespodcast.com and at kentgarrison.com. Find us on iTunes. Hit subscribe. Leave us five stars, and we appreciate our sponsors for making this episode happen. Thank you so much, and uh, until next week, we will see you at the cinema. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.
0: Hey baby, I hear the blues are calling. tough salads and scrambled eggs, and maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe, but I got you pegged.